Hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. We've got a blessed weekend. We're staying steady down here at Health Masters, getting everybody's orders shipped out. We thank you again for your continued support of healthmasters.com. Be sure to check out the product of the week on sale, the HGH Stimulate Powder. Really, really effective product. Helps out significantly with blood flow. Also can help out with libido in men, really increases pump, healthy vascular, cardiac health. And also, too, check out the excellent C, vitamin C formula on the top of the front webpage. I put it on there on sale. A lot of people were asking me about wanting to stock up on certain items right now as far as going into the winter and the cold season, just cold weather season. And vitamin C, as we have seen over the past few years, is one of the most effective nutrients, especially cost-effective with virtually no side effects, you can take oral doses of vitamin C and small amounts throughout the entire day with food and really get a pretty high dosage of vitamin C and keep blood levels of vitamin C very, very elevated all day, which massively decrease your risk of getting sick and also really, really overall help everything in your body. Vitamin C is crucial. So be sure to check it out right now. Massive sale. 30% off. I got a brand new batch that just came in. This will be a very, very short sale on this product as I got to make sure I keep inventory on deck for everybody for the continual month. But I wanted to let everybody know up front in advance, it's on sale right now for a very limited time on the front webpage at healthmasters.com. And so thank you again for the support. I want to bring one thing up here. This is interesting now because I've seen this constant rhetoric back and forth where they're, they're trying to keep talking about Russia and Ukraine, Russia and Ukraine. They're trying to keep this story going, even though it's starting to collapse rapidly on what's actually happening over there and what's actually occurring. I brought to you guys the article that came up last week from one of the leaders in one of the African countries that said that what's happened in Ukraine is simply a giant arms transportation this is just weapons trafficking 101 and that's what they're doing and the weapons are landing in africa now it was interesting over the weekend i took land out to dinner real nice steakhouse out in tampa we get out for an evening and we ended up meeting up with some friends that we knew over there i haven't seen him in a while and his wife works for a company that does a lot of subcontracting work for Lockheed Martin and some of the other military contractors. So when they can't handle something or something minor, they sub it out to these companies. And she asked me not to give the name of the company out, so I won't. But So we started talking in detail, and it's funny because she's not really much of a conspiracy theorist, but she looks at a lot of stuff from a factual standpoint. I've talked to her in detail about a few things in the past, and she really at first thought the shot may be something that we need, and then she never ended up getting it. Once you start to do more research and found out that DARPA was the one who actually designed it, because she's got a lot of information on this, she said, there's no way in heck that I'm getting this shot. And she didn't. And so we got on the topic last night or on Saturday night of Ukraine. She just got brought up randomly. And I said, yeah, I said, no, nobody really realizes what's happening in Ukraine. And she goes, oh, I do. I'll tell you what's happening in Ukraine. And I'm like, okay, see, see where we're going with this. And she said the military contractors that – basically had a lot of their funding <laughs> slowed down rapidly after Afghanistan and the removal and withdrawal from Afghanistan in August 2021. She goes, all these guys, these heavy hitters, you know, you got Lockheed, you got Boeing, you got Raytheon, you got Northrop, you got General Dynamics. She goes, these guys live off wars. She goes, they get continual contracts from the U.S. government, but nothing increases their profit margin like an ongoing war. 
And she goes, what happened was after the withdrawal in Afghanistan, these guys were absolutely having a fit the end of last year because they needed to have another war to get involved in that they could fund. The problem with it was the United States really didn't have anybody to go to war with. There's no real war to make up. We've already invaded the entire Middle East and dominated every country over there, Libya, Syria. We've already got our hands on all that over there. And so – Pretty much, she said, one of the things that they really need to do is they need to get involved in another proxy war that they could get enormous amount of money from and pretty much have no responsibility and no oversight with little consequences if anything happened. And she goes, and then suddenly we have this war in Russia. She goes, I don't know if that's the entire reason. She goes, but I can tell you one thing. She goes, Raytheon and Northrop and Lockheed are making billions again off dumping a lot of their equipment that they didn't need that was going to have to be disposed of because it was old generation. And on top of that, there's no there's no oversight. She goes, they're not dealing with funding the U.S. military like they did in Afghanistan or Iraq, where all of a sudden they start funneling guns over and stuff disappears. Well, now all of a sudden you got the DOD on wanting to know where this equipment's going. She goes, there's no oversight at all. And she said exactly what I called out. She said, Ukraine borders the Black Sea. The Black Sea goes right down to Turkey, and you can go right through Istanbul, which will dump you out in the Argean and the Mediterranean. She goes, the vast majority of all those weapon systems that are hitting Ukraine are not staying in Ukraine. They're going out into the Black Sea. They're being transported through Istanbul, and they're going down to the Mediterranean. They're being scattered through all the other African countries to continue the destabilization and wars that are ongoing down there. And I was like, whoa, somebody knows what's going on. She goes, this is exactly what they're doing over there. And she goes, Lockheed Martin and the defense contractors and the DOD have no ramifications whatsoever with this because they're not funding a U.S. war. They're supporting the Ukraine. She goes, the vast majority of money that's being sent over there is being sent through the defense contractors. They're the ones who are making a killing. And Ukraine's getting some big checks on the side to help out with infrastructure. And she goes, it's just a giant weapons trafficking and money trafficking event. And I thought to myself, well, this is what I've been saying over there, and this is exactly what we thought was going over there. So lest you believe that we're constantly giving all this stuff to Ukraine because we have to support Ukraine and fight big bag Russia, we now have a proxy war that we have absolutely no ramifications, no oversight in whatsoever, and we can continue now to keep the military-industrial complex fed. This is why I saw an article earlier, and I was talking about the prime minister of Brussels now, and he warned that the European policies advocating mass joint borrowing among EU states to continue funding Ukraine resistance is going to absolutely devastate the EU. And you hear what I said? The mass joint borrowing among EU member states. The European Union is borrowing money from the banks in the EU, the central banks. They're borrowing money and sending it to the Ukraine. They're taking on debt in the EU to give it to Ukraine and to give it to the military industrial complex. This isn't being done because everybody feels so bad for Ukraine and nobody knows what to do. It's because, in my opinion, the vast majority of the people that are involved in this are getting massive kickbacks with massive money laundering all over the globe. And it's funneling through before the war, as Wikipedia stated, the third most corrupt country in the entire world. 
which I think the United States probably would take that cake if anybody was being honest. But I thought it was interesting. I want to kind of put that information out there. So always, always, always do research because I said this from the very beginning. Nothing made sense about what was happening over there, and nothing made sense how fast and how eager we were to start sending 10,000 surfaced air missiles and 150 million rounds of ammunition and all this old-gen night vision and generators and you know UAVs and drones and all this crazy stuff. The Department of Defense had to keep the military-industrial complex happy because, remember, about half of the DOD budget goes to the defense contractors. About roughly $400 billion a year goes to defense contractors, and if they don't have an ongoing war to keep funding, these defense contractors get really, really, really angry because they're not getting all the money that they were promised through all of these uh, Pentagon agreements. Just thought I would throw that out there, and also, too – continuing with the enormous amount of sanctions that they've tried to put on Russia that are not having any impact on Russia, but in turn having enormous effects on the EU and UK. They're now saying in the United Kingdom they're having massive egg shortages dealing with the outbreak of the avian bird flu, allegedly, along with commercial farms being shut down, along with more and more shortages and more and more delays and more and more power problems. They are now having to do restrictions on the amount of eggs you can buy. They're now limiting eggs in the UK. But hey, remember, we're showing Russia how bad they are, and we're making sure they pay for you know their mistake of getting involved with Russia. At the same time, you see here in the United States, the food supply is changing very quickly. Prices have gone through the roof in some cases. That's why I've continued to tell people, make sure you have some backup supply, whatever it is. If you want to get organic food from us, if you want to store beans and rice at your house, Whatever you want to do, at least have some backups because as these things continue to unfold, you see things happen very, very quickly, and you need to be prepared for them adequately. There's interesting because over in Cook County, North Carolina, which just ironically happened over the weekend, Cook County up in North Carolina, apparently Duke Energy had a massive, massive fallout of power because one of their substations was allegedly shot up. Somebody went by and shot up a substation and shut off power to roughly thirty to 40,000 people, and they're still trying to get it up and running. Now, what's interesting about this concept is this is what the story is. They're allegedly saying that somebody went up to this Duke Energy substation, shot it up. The entire energy system went down. Now they're trying to, trying to scavenge parts and pull parts from other areas to try to fix it. That's one energy station in one county. Are we really that vulnerable that somebody can simply go by and shoot a substation with a gun, whatever it is they're not disclosing, if it was even legitimate or if it was just some other some other thing, the black state, deep state, you know, whatever it was they were doing? I don't know. But I find it interesting that the power grids in these areas are that vulnerable. Somebody can just go by with a gun and shoot them up and suddenly the power grid drops. Was this done to try to push more gun control, or was this done to try to show everybody how vulnerable we are, or was this simply used as another excuse to slowly start dropping the power grid in certain areas? Like Cook County is pretty rural, a lot of stuff. I only have like 35,000 residents in that county. Are they doing this to try to punish or test to see how the systems are going to go with these areas? I don't know, but I find it very odd timing. You see things like this occur, but yet at the same time, we need to make sure we put everything on the electric grid. Remember, nobody needs to have any type of normal power systems, no no fuel, nothing. We need to make everything on the electric grid. So my question to everybody in Cook County is how do you charge your electric car if now the power is out for three to four to five days because the substation got shot? Hmm? 
Azerbaijan's Teslas and EV vehicles supposed to charge up. You're supposed to get to the store. You're supposed to get to work. You're supposed to operate because now you can't charge anything. Just start throw that question out there this morning. What do you think, Dad? Well, the people that basically have these cars are, I'm sure, running gasoline generators now to, to plug them into and try to charge them. The problem is it's going to take forever burn it's a lot irony. of fuel to do it. I mean, no, it's the irony of all of it. Of course, Cook County is pretty rural. I doubt they got a lot of EV vehicles there. I, I don't really think there's a bastion of, you know, hippies <laughs> running around trying to do stuff there. But uh, it's just weird that a subsection can be taken down from a gunshot or a 12-gauge or whatever the heck they're using and, and to knock out a lead wire or something. I don't know. Because remember, the entire grid system runs on a gigantic spider web uh, throughout the entire United States. But that spider web is contingent upon the high-powered lines coming in from other areas to be able to feed the other areas that have gone down. So in the event that certain areas go down, you can trigger a cascading failure. In other words, you'll short out the power lines in one area trying to feed another area, which causes the additional generator system to go down, which could actually cause a regional-wide blackout. And the worst-case scenario, if they hit enough strategically like that, as far as they could take down the entire power grid in large portions of the United States – because what would happen is the bigger the power grids and the more they feed internally into their own organizations and groups and, you know, and substations, they would just shut off the main lines going into the other things. All this stuff's electronically controlled. They would just shut off the main lines. And that's called spinning reserve, by the way. I took a utility management class in graduate school at Florida State, and I learned all about that. But that's what they would do. They would just shut off the lines going into, let's say, central Florida, the lines going into north Florida, and they would let north Florida just fail. And if they could get to it fast enough to not trip a bunch of breakers, because if you blow a bunch of breakers – a lot of these guys don't have a lot of spare parts. I mean, the problem we have now are the shortage that were caused by the carpet bombing of the United States infrastructure via the, how should I say, shutdowns and the shutting down of so many hundreds of thousands of small businesses where they were absolutely critical in maintaining infrastructure throughout the United States. And we're starting to see that now as there are all kinds of shortages now of Sam's and Costco, et cetera, and other big box stores are actually running out of certain products because they can't get them anymore. Then other products are very readily available depending on the supply lines. So it's, it's, it's an interesting scenario when you see how everything's tied together with the, uh, with the power systems in the United States. Now I want to share with you a couple of letters that came in. I love these because, I mean, and anything that's positive that comes through our show is through the Holy Spirit. Anyhow, and I give all the honor, all the glory to God. I just want to say that. But thank you for your show that you're every day. I'm thankful that there's a show out there that delivers a message of hope, redemption through Christ, and an alternative to despair that the alternative news sources offer. Thanks again. Thank you. Another letter came in and said, Ted, you're the only one that shines the light in a positive way, the message of Jesus Christ and his kingdom. Everyone else is all about fear and chaos. I've heard last Thursday's podcast several times because I know you have said it 10,000 times, but it, how it works. But this time I got it. And so, uh, you know, here, here's the thing. When you look at the, the world and how it works and you see that there's these major corporations that are basically Kabbalist, Luciferian, and central bankers controlled – they're running everything, and you finally realize that you know this whole thing is just a giant mess. The media puts out what the media wants to put out, and, and 95, 99% of all media is also controlled via the CIA and Operation Mockingbird, et cetera, et cetera. And if they're not controlled, they're not given the platforms and the distribution that they need in order to get large masses of people to listen. We have approximately 2 million people a month listen to the show, and what's interesting about that is we'd be a lot bigger, but you know, YouTube pulled us down six years ago. Maybe seven now. I can't remember. And it was way before they started shadow banning other people. They took the Ted Dawson Brower show off the air. They, just, they literally deleted like almost every single podcast we had. 
it's called a copyright violation. It would not tell us anything about what we did from a copyright standpoint. It's ridiculous. And the, the problem is that, that was just obfuscation. They didn't like the content. That's why they took us down because they don't want us talking about Jesus. They don't want us talking about the Most High God. They don't want us talking about the Kabbalists and the Zohar and all the things that we talk about on an ongoing basis. But we're going to continue to do that and, and make a difference. Now, Austin has also said something about the defense contractors. And, you know, we got to remember what Eisenhower said. He said, beware the military-industrial complex. Because, again, the military-industrial complex and the publicly traded ones are owned by State Street, Vanguard, and BlackRock. It's the same group all the time. And they want to continue to keep their employees paid, employees fed, and, you know, more and more material being sent out. And a lot of their outdated weapon systems they built that are no longer actually viable. They can now send them and get paid to get send them from top dollar you know, through the Ukraine, through, like Austin said, through Africa and other countries are trying to destabilize. And what was funny is that now the EU lady and the head of the, you know, the people over there and the, you know, the, the, the World Economic Forum and, the, and, the, and, the, and all the other stuff, they're saying now that, the United, that, that Russia needs to be punished for all the war crimes that it needs to be doing. It needs to be at international court tribunal to go in and punish Russia. Okay, wait a minute. Austin, if you mentioned this. We invaded Afghanistan. We invaded literally every nation in the Middle East, including Egypt, and destroyed everything over there. The United States did that with many of the European allies. Why aren't we being tried for war crimes? Hmm? So I'm asking you that question. And they didn't ask us to come in there. The Treaty of Westphalia that was done hundreds of years ago said that if a country is in the middle of a civil war, then unless the leadership of that country asks another country to come in to basically help get rid of the civil war problems they're having, that they're not allowed to go in there. Everybody needs to sort out their own problems. That's not what the United States does. It just comes in there and just starts taking over everything and throwing over, overthrowing governments and overthrowing infrastructure, just destroying, bombing, destroying, bombing, destroying, bombing. My gosh, look what we did to Iraq. Remember Saddam Hussein? Don't get me wrong. I didn't like the guy I mean, from all the stuff that we'd seen on the media. But all of a sudden, they, they say he has weapons of mass destruction. We go into Iraq, don't find any weapons of mass destruction, find him hiding in a hole somewhere, supposedly, and just take him, hang him, have him hanged. And, and, you know, and you think to yourself, well, why would we do that if we didn't find any weapons of mass destruction? Why don't we put it back into power? Well, they went in power. They went into, they wanted a central bank in Iraq so they could take over the assets of the country, and that's what they did. And, and I remember that Wolfowitz went over there, and he was basically put in charge of the new central bank that was going into the, you know, the Rothschild banking cartels bank that was going into Iraq. And I remember uh, uh, the uh, Tom Brokaw said on NBC News, I wrote it down in one of my notes, and I actually put the date down that for the first time in the history of Iraq, they have an independent central bank and that the government and the currency aren't being done by the same groups of people that run the government, which, you know, Iraq had a very stable economy, had a very high educational system. So did Egypt. And now those countries are both, both, both those countries due to the United States are both laying in rubble with millions dead. But we're not going to go on trial for that, are we? Why? Because the Rothschild banking cartel through the United Nations and through the Balfour Declaration, all the things that we've talked about over the years and through what happened with the failing of the League of Nations and the United Nations are basically we're, we're, we're being run by these international banking cabalists, Luciferians. And, and that's who we are. That's what's happened. And that's why Donald Trump had some things that he said this weekend that. Uh, God, I wish the guy just keep his mouth shut and go on teleprompter. But he suggests, and this, this, is, this is a little bit obfuscated. I'm going to read you what the headlines are, and I'll give you my opinion on it. Trump suggests the termination of the U.S. Constitution is allowable over the 2020 Twitter scandal. Wow. Former President Donald Trump suggested the termination of the Constitution should be allowable in response to the bombshell report the Democratic Party colluded with Twitter to suppress the Hunter Biden laptop story before the 2020 election. The former president made his observation via his Truth Social account on Saturday, following journalist Matt Tabiz 
through thorough report on Twitter's internal communications during the 2020 elections at the behest of the newly minted CEO, Elon Musk. So with the revelation of massive and widespread fraud and deception in working closely with big tech companies, the DNC, the Democratic Party, do you throw the presidential election out, re, presidential election results of 2020 out and declare the rightful winner, or do you have a new election, Trump said? And it's just, uh, he goes on to say, a massive fraud of this type and a magnitude allows for the termination of all rules. He's saying this termination of all rules. Now, if he just said the termination of some specific rules and guidelines and re-implementation of other specific rules and guidelines, okay. But he also says the termination of all rules and regulations and articles, even those found in the Constitution. Ouch, God, I wish he'd keep his mouth shut. Our great founders did not want and would not condone false and fraudulent elections. I agree with that. But you can't be throwing the baby out with the bathwater, Trump. You can't be doing that. You just got to change some things in there from a legal standpoint and get these people out that are corrupt. And later, Post, the former president, said that America stands embarrassed on the world stage due to revelation while trashing the rhino Senate minority leader, Mitch McConnell, which he's horrible. He is right about that. The world is laughing at the United States of America and its corrupt and rigged presidential election of 2020. He's right about that. And he said unprecedented fraud requires an unprecedented cure. Well, where was this attitude that he had? With his big mouth rhetoric right now, with January the 6th, protesters were in, in D.C., and he basically did not pardon any of them. Where, where's his big mouth rhetoric? So I'm asking that guy. You know, now here we have, we have two years later almost, he's running his mouth saying, oh, we have unprecedented fraud requires unprecedented cure. But he was the sitting president of the United States, and he did nothing. He was on to say, I wonder what Mitch McConnell, the rhinos, and all of the Republicans who couldn't get the presidential election of 2020 approved and out of the way fast enough are thinking now. They're a disgrace over to our great party, to our nation, which has become a laughingstock all over the world. Now, he's really hammering the United States of America. He really is. He's not, he's not doing anything here besides causing additional division among the people that are following him, the Trumpers, the Trumpettes, and the people that no matter what he does, they're going to follow him. Earlier in the day, the former president said that the revelation from Twitter vindicated his claims that the 2020 election was rigged and stolen by a combination of Democrats, big tech, law enforcement, and other bad actors. Sadly, he says, we have become a corrupt country, perhaps one of the most corrupt anywhere in the world. I agree with him on that. We must right this terrible wrong and take our country back. So, again, he's doing the rhetoric that he's going to use in order to get into the White House again. That's, that's what he's doing. But here's the problem with this. When he was in the White House, he put more CFR members in the positions of power than any other president in recorded history that I can find. The Council on Foreign Relations was started after the League of Nations failed, after the World War I Treaty of Versailles was basically, the, you know, object, you know, basically said the, our Congress would not pass it. It was done. And so they were going to – so League of, Nations, League of Nations failed, and they pushed it for years, by the way. They finally turned into the United Nations after World War II. But this CFR group was started after the League of Nations failed, and it was a group of people 100 years ago that were dedicated to this destruction of the sovereignty of individual nation states and the rule by – a global governing system that would completely control every country in the world and the elimination of independence as far as the countries and basically their internal constitutions would be subject to the League of Nations or to the CFR. And Trump put more of these CFR members in the power than anybody else. In addition to that, he put in Gottlieb, who's for the head of the FDA. In addition to that, Trump ran Operation Warp Speed and pushed these crazy kill shots on everybody else and carpet bombed the United States by shutting down all the businesses. Trump did all of that, guys. Let's, let's not pretend like he didn't do that. And so now he's coming in with this rhetoric that he's going to do all this and all that and all this and this and this and this. You know, and he had the opportunity. He did, he did not even pardon the people 
from January the 6th, which he could have easily done. He was still in office. In addition to that, let's not forget that he said he wanted to be most pro-gay friendly, you know, government, you know, and presidency in the history of the United States. Let's not forget that Cohn, his best friend, was openly gay in New York, and they ran around together to the clubs together. I mean, it's on and on and on and on. So don't allow the rhetoric to blind you. Now, I, I know that Trump did some good things, but he never even got the border wall finished. I mean, he couldn't get rid of Obamacare when he had control of both the House and the Senate. I mean, he was way over his head. You know, Robert David Steele, the late Robert David Steele, used to say that Trump was the accidental president, and they didn't have the algorithm set up high enough as far as the win. And that's why he'll, he, Trump's so overwhelmed Hillary Clinton the voting process that even the cheating didn't help. And I believe that. And I believe that Trump was thrown into a position where he didn't know what to do, and he started getting really bad advice from a lot of people. Remember, Roger Stone told me personally that Trump's not very bright, couldn't read very well, and basically was you know, just being given briefings every day as far as what was going on. And he got his news from CNN and Fox and ABC, and he really didn't sit down and read the reports every day. Now, that's a problem. I mean, it really is. I mean, you got to be able to read and understand literature and have concepts when you read things in papers that you're given that you have concrete, rational thought. You, you make decisions, especially when you're the president of the largest, most powerful nation in the history of the world. The problem is our entire government has been usurped. I mean, it really, really has. And then Elon Musk comes back and he hits a Trump's calls to terminate the Constitution, which he didn't really say that after the president claimed the Twitter files proved 2020 election was fraudulent. Elon Musk was shot, has shot, shot down former President Donald Trump's calls for termination of the election rules in the U.S. Constitution. That's more accurate what he said. Trump made this statement Saturday after Elon Musk claimed to reveal proof that Twitter worked in tandem with Democrats to tip the scales in the 2020 election. Saturday morning, Trump took the social to so Trump took to social Truth Social to assert that Musk's expose published in the journalist Matt Tabiz proved the 2020 was fraudulent in the election. Twitter CEO Musk responded in a tweet, the Constitution is greater than any president. End of story. So again, Trump is causing massive, massive, massive division in the GOP. And, and he just needs to stop it. I mean, stop saying these things. So, you know, I don't know. I, 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 just, I sit back and I think, you know, massive fraud, the rules to be eliminated. And, you know, he goes, here's another quote from Trump. Wow, that is a really big story about Twitter and the various forms of government. Fraud, including specifically election fraud, the same level of fraud took place with the other big tech companies, if not even worse, if that's possible. We are living in a very corrupt country, as they are saying all over the Internet. Nothing will be done about it. And he's probably true about this now because the Justice Department and the FBI are totally corrupt. That's, now, that's, that's a true statement, but they keep investigating boxes that were legally and openly taken from the White House. Wow. So, I mean, so you sit back and you watch all of this stuff and you wonder who in the world is running the show. Well, we tell you every, every, sh- every show who's running the planet. It's the international banks. They always run the planet. They always run everything because they're the ones that are going to come in and do whatever they want to do, whatever they want to do it, however they want to do it. Uh, you know, here's another one. The ex-intelligent officials who said that the Hunter Biden laptop story was a Russian operation are silent now after Twitter files are released. Of course, the top intelligent people with the CIA are so corrupt. Former top intelligent officials who signed an open letter suggesting the Hunter Biden laptop story was part of a Russian operation just weeks before the 2020 election were silent after internal Twitter emails acknowledged there was no evidence the story involved material that was illicitly obtained. Unreal. Leon Panetta, former CIA director and defense secretary, which who, by the way, I do not trust. John Brenner, Drennan, a former CIA director. And Mike Hayden, I don't trust any of these people. And Jim Clapper, former director of the National Intelligence, who all 
once said the post reporting had all the classic earmarks of a Russian information operation declined or did not respond to requests for further about when the latest disclosures had changed their opinions. On Friday, journalist Matt Tabai released internal Twitter emails discussing the company's decision to express the story, which included locking the post Twitter account, deleting tweets, and deleted a link to story or tweets that even referenced the story. I'm not going to read any more of this to you because it's enough of this nonsense, but here's the thing. We need to realize something. We are never going to have a political solution in a corrupt country like we have right now to a spiritual rot that was created by the falling of the United States through the passage of the Federal Reserve Act and also the bringing of the Frankfurt School from Germany, from Goethe University in 1933 to come in and completely compromise our educational systems and destroy us from a cultural standpoint, destroying the nuclear family. We are never, ever going to be able to fix this thing politically because how can you fix a political system that is so corrupt it self-perpetuates? In other words, you can't fix the voting in Arizona because they won't pass the laws to stop the voting scandal like we did here in Florida. So you're going to constantly have fraud. And all and so many other democratically controlled states are the same. They, 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 they go in and they say stuff that's not true, and the government continues to allow this to come in and not be true, and, and, and nobody can fix it. The only thing we need are we have to have really strong people that are candidates that come in, and everybody needs to get on their knees and pray. You know, I had the opportunity to pray for you guys this morning. I, I'm so blessed to be part of y'all's daily listening routine. I, I'm so blessed that you guys send me all these emails and that I continue to send it. I was caught up I, by the way, I'm caught up on all my emails again that you guys have sent. And I love you guys. But this is the only way we can get this fixed is through Jesus. For he is the author and he is the finisher and he's the perfecter of our faith. And we've all got to continue to pray in the aggregate that these people will be exposed from the rooftops. Exposed. I'm not saying pray in precatory prayers and you guys are sending me letters to pray in precatory prayers. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to curse people in Jesus' name. I'm not going to do that. It's not what we're called for. They'll know that you might. You, they will know that you're my disciples because you love one another. It says right in the Bible: if somebody slaps you, you know you don't have to slap them back. You're to forgive them. They take your tunic. You're supposed to just give me your other things. I mean, just don't don't be that person that wants to come in and start creating havoc by praying imprecatory prayers and people be cursed in Jesus' name. I don't believe that we should do that as New Testament Christians. Period. You know, we can pray they get exposed. We can pray that there's a secret that they're doing a reveal from the from the rooftops, and that we can basically continue to bring honor and glory to Jesus Christ. But walk in love, guys. And I know these guys are hard to walk in love with. A lot of these guys, I'm surprised. I'm not going to say it. But a lot of these people just need to be taken to the island of Madagascar and dropped off and just left there without a boat to get off the island and just be there. And they can sacrifice each other and do the whole weird garbage they're all involved in at the highest levels. But the truth of the matter is we are to walk in love. They will know my, you're my disciples because you love one another. And it says that you know who is that people say well you pray for those who you know, basically they're you know, that you love and that you support. Well, then the Bible says it's easy to do that. You got to pray for those who who basically abuse you and do weird things to you. You got to pray that God for, that you could forgive them and that God forgives them and He sends them to the sends the truth to them so they can see the light. That's what we have to do as Christians. You can't be running around cursing people. That's nonsense, guys. But we can pray they get exposed. We can sure do that. Always remember that. And guys, I love you, and I appreciate you too. But stay with the word of God. And remember, with Ephesians, put on the full armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate, all of it, the sword. And no matter what else that happens, it says you stand your ground. Don't capitulate again like so many people did with forced masks and forced immunizations and forced closures and all the rest of it. No churches. Churches are all shut down. Don't, don't, don't do that again. Don't allow them to come in and carpet bomb us again and say it's okay to be carpet bomb. We're all be happy being carpet bomb. Don't do that. I never changed my lifestyle, neither did Austin, and we never ever 
continually wore masks. A couple of times when we had to go to the hospital, we also had to have his arms, so we had to wear masks and kept taking them off and got fussed at. But don't comply. Don't push against this. I mean, even a dead fish could float downstream. Don't allow that. Stand against it. No matter what they try to do to you, try to force you to do things that you know are wrong, don't allow yourself to do it. Stand to the power of God, to the power of the Holy Spirit. Pray every day. Pray like it's all up to God and work like it's all up to you. And we're going to get results. I love you guys. I really appreciate you too. Austin, what do you think? And what's your next story? I think what's happened now, and this is happening again, this is my personal opinion with what's happening, the rhetoric with Trump and so forth. I think they're intentionally using Trump now as a tool of distraction to, again, get the patriot community wrapped up in the white horse syndrome into thinking that there's another savior coming to save the country. And if Trump gets elected, everything will be okay again and he will fix everything. And intentionally right. what they're doing though, at the exact same time as they're dividing the GOP party, just like Ted said. That's exactly what they're doing. Because now, not only do we not have any unity as far as on most cases, on most fronts, now we have the GOP and the conservative and patriot whole community is now getting split in the middle. With everybody going, well, if Trump was legit why didn't he pardon everybody in groups they could pardon he can pardon groups too by the way he can pardon entire groups there's over a thousand people now that have been arrested on january 6th most of them were for minute minute situations minute infractions any other place any other time in the entire country most people wouldn't even been arrested for those infractions they'd have gotten like a notice to appear they've gotten like a, a, a civil fine like a, like a fine, like a parking ticket, so to speak, in anywhere else in the country at any point in time. But at that point, at that time right now, and I told you before that uh, that FBI agent who has been doing those interviews, he flat out said, he goes, there was a lot of people in the FBI that are completely and totally partisan. They want to push the hardcore leftist agenda. And that's exactly what they said. They said We're not going to allow this. We can't allow this to happen. And Trump, all the way up until the end of his presidency, he pardoned like over 200, I think 200, 300 individuals. Some of them were executives that had defrauded people through insurance claims. People had done all kinds of crazy stuff. A lot of it was in the medical community, all pardoned. Not a single individual that was involved in January 6th, not a single individual that was showed up, nobody. He could have easily said anybody that was at the January 6th rally that basically was outside of the Capitol building or was involved in peaceful protesting cannot be charged with any type of crime for that specific day, period. And now you still would have had some people that probably fell through the cracks like the guys that went and started stealing laptops and stuff like that, and that's, that's not somebody that fall through the cracks. You can't be stealing stuff out of people's offices. That's not okay under any circumstances. can't go start breaking windows out of places either. That's not okay under any circumstances. But what we have seen now has been so far egregious that it's almost hard to comprehend. And so, yeah, I think that's what's happening right now. I think Trump's saying certain things that are accurate because he's 100 percent right. The Department of Justice and the FBI, on that faction, he's 100% right. They're completely corrupt. They're not going to do anything. We've already watched that now. I mean, they got handed a silver platter on one of the most corrupt administrations we've ever seen with Biden and his son and all the perversion and lying and cheating and money laundering and everything that's involved in the laptop. All the stuff that Biden's been involved in with meeting with executives from other countries, all the money, no one single thing, nothing. They're not going to do anything about it. 
But however, going in and start scrapping everything, that doesn't work either. What they've done is they've intentionally continued to use the ideology of the word democracy. We're not a democracy. We are a constitutional republic. I've explained that to you repeatedly. A democracy and a constitutional republic are completely opposite. That's why you hear them make comments all the time, in our democracy, in our democracy. No, we're not a democracy whatsoever. That is not designed the way it's supposed to be. A democracy is all about everybody is equal as far as equal to everything. Basically, socialism is what a democracy essentially is and turns into. A republic, a constitutional republic, is that everybody has the same rights. Very, very different between everybody having the same rights and everybody having to have the same platform to be on. Meaning everybody's equal when it comes to everybody needs to get their universal income tax or their universal payments. Everybody needs to get their free money. Everybody needs to be on the same playing field, and the government makes sure that same playing field. That's socialism. It does not work, never has. Except what happens is you have a tyrannical top-down control, and then everybody's under the oppressive thrum of the tyrannical ruler. The republic was designed to be by the people for the people. It's governed by the bottom-up. You have the people that elect other people to represent them by each state, by each county, by each city, and they listen to what their people say in those areas, and they represent them, and they vote for them based on what their people want them to do. Completely different. That's why they want to keep saying that democracy all the time is not a democracy. Also, to another news, so you know, we've been told over the last 20 years, ever since 9-11 happened, that we have to continue to give up our rights and our freedom of travel and all types of aspects of being able to be unmolested traveling on planes because it's, well, it's for our safety. It's because of 9-11. It's because we have to protect you against the big bad terrorists. And everything we do is to protect you. It's for your safety. And including that was air marshals on planes, which, quite frankly, I've never been really opposed to on planes. You know, you got a lot of people in a small cabin for hours on end, and there's really no significant security back in the day. U.S. air marshals were not very prevalent in airplanes before 9-11. After 9-11, they were very prevalent and flew all over the country all the time. What's interesting now, because uh, apparently, allegedly, there's just no more threat and everybody needs to just continually get used to being under an oppressive TSA and control. But yet we don't want to have any air marshals on planes is what Biden is saying now, because, well, there's a shortage of individuals at the border. This is so crazy. U.S. air marshals now are discussing staging a mutiny against the Biden regime over its plan to pull them from flights and send them to the southern border to babysit illegal aliens. The Biden regime order will strip 99% of air marshals from commercial flights during the busiest time of year for air travel in order to send them to the southern border to make up for border patrol staffing shortage. The rank-and-file air marshals are going to refuse to deploy and risk determination. David Londo, president of the Air Marshal National Council, just told the Washington Examiner. You're almost going to have a mutiny of federal agents, which is unheard of. Morale is so destroyed by this, I've never witnessed anything like this in my life. (laughs) And what's crazy is now, what's been happening at the border has been 100% planned, staged, and encouraged by the Biden regime. So now, in order to try to act like they're doing something about it, because, oh, we've got shortages of staff because we won't hire anybody, which is what's happening. Uh, we're going to take the air marshals who are trained U.S. air marshals to be on flights, and we're going to send them down there to babysit illegals when they come across the border and sit at detention centers. And the air marshals are like, this isn't working for me. Now, what's crazy about this is, and this is just my opinion, this is setting up 
I hope this doesn't happen. I do not want this to happen. But this seems strangely odd, eerily predictable that something, including some type of airplane hijacking, may suddenly occur in the United States on a commercial flight. And all of a sudden they're going to say, look what happened. We had these air marshals helping out with the illegal aliens. We need to hire more security, more personnel, more restrictions, more rights need to be taken. Everybody has to go through this, 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 and this now in order to fly because of this horrific domestic flight terrorist attack. Now, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it seems to me like they're almost wanting that to happen and opening up a line because there's been numerous cases where U.S. air marshals have done a lot as far as with unruly passengers, with drunk passengers, with enforcement actions that have had to happen on planes. Because there's some people that just outright do not belong on airplanes. I'll be honest with you. I've been on airplanes where some people are weird, but I've seen the videos of people pitching a fit, getting in fights, screaming and yelling, hitting stewardess. That's unacceptable behavior. You're flying on a plane with two or 300 other people. Manage yourself in a professional manner, please. You know, Don't be acting like a complete and total moron. And that's why they, my opinion, they wanted to test and see what they could do with the mask mandates on the planes. They wanted to see how stressful they could push the populace on planes. They wanted to see how asinine they could make the rules and see how long they could basically try to enforce them. And so finally, a federal judge came in and said, you can't do this. You can't tell people they have to wear a, a paper covering, a plastic covering, a rubber covering, where these masks are made out of all these different random ones they have. You can't tell people they have to have a mask on their face while they travel because there's been zero scientific evidence that shows wearing a mask on a plane for hours and hours on end somehow stops the spread of viruses throughout the plane. Because remember, people were still getting sick. I saw some article the other day. Somebody was arguing. They're saying, well, the reason why the reason why the flu is back, the reason why the flu is back, you know, it, it went extinct. We made the flu extinct. The reason why it's back is because nobody's masking this season now. Everybody needs to be double masked again, and the flu will go away. And I just shook my head, just and I'm just like, golly, you can't come up with some stuff this stupid. I'm like, so well, what? What happened to the hundreds of thousands of alleged COVID cases that everybody was getting sick from while everybody was triple masked? Hmm. How'd that one go away? How was it that COVID was continuing to be rampant, which is an upper respiratory virus, but yet suddenly the flu disappeared with like, you know, 200 cases in 2021 literally disappeared. But yet COVID was in every single hospital and everywhere all the time because that's what they told us. Which one was it? And again, you already know it's more lies and manipulation. That's why some of these states have already talked about trying to bring mass mandate back in school. And parents have had a conniption fit with it. Absolutely had a fit with it. And they should. They need to be unbelievably vocal and aggressive in showing up to these meetings in droves if they try to mask these young children again. They are going after the kids. It is so important that people realize what's happening. You protect your children. I got an incredible email from a customer, and um, he didn't give me permission to give his name out on here, so I'm not going to give it out. I'm real funny about that. But he said – I, he basically asked me if the creatine was in stock. I told him the creatine was back in. He said the creatine was the best of these used so far, which is our buffered creatine. It's in a plant cellulose capsule. It's designed to break open once it gets through the hydrochloric acid in your stomach and break open to the small intestines. This is very crucial, by the way. I'm just going to throw this out there. Creatine, when it mixes with hydrochloric acid, it turns into a byproduct called creatinine. The vast majority of it does. Creatinine is liver toxic, or excuse me, it's kidney toxic. It's not healthy for the kidneys at all, and it ends up just causing more kind of like water bloating side effects. So you see people that a lot of times will go on a creatine supplement, and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm on like 10, 15 grams of creatine a day, and they're puffy, and they're strong, and the muscles are engorged with fluid, and it works for what it does. However, the problem is if you've ever had blood work done on high doses of creatine, you will notice your creatinine levels 
and your kidneys go through the roof, which means that's why you can only cycle for a short period of time because you're taking such high doses. The buffer creatine that we have that's designed to open up in the small intestines, you only have to take a couple grams max, max. You can take less than that. You can take just one, two capsules a day, and you will notice an effect and strength and muscle endurance from a very low dosage because your body is actually getting the pure creatine picking up and absorbed through the small intestines where it is designed to be absorbed and not the stomach, and you don't have the massive byproduct influx with the creatine. Just throw that out there. That is why it works so good. Anyways, this email goes on further here, and he goes, I've been listening to you guys for a long time. Continually forward your programs. Falling on deaf ears, but it's an attempt to spread the truth. Quick story for you on that note. My seven-year-old daughter was invited to a birthday party that is actually tonight. This email is from last week. He said, on Tuesday night, I looked at the invite and noticed they were going to a movie. The Disney movie was Strange World. Immediately, I thought, Ted and Austin were just ranting about this movie and woke Disney movies that have flopped. Surely enough, I looked it up, and it was literally poised as the first teen gay romance for Disney, one article put it. My wife forwarded an article to the mother who organized the party. The message was received very thankfully. They changed their plans within a couple hours. Now they're going to get their nails done because you and Ted share the truth and I listen. A small group of young girls were spared an episode of woke indoctrination. Keep fighting the good fight. And – When I heard this, it made me really happy because just for the fact that if we brought that comment up and one person on our show heard it and they were able to keep these children from being exposed to perversion in a Disney woke film, that right there means it was well worth doing that show and all the prep time and everything that day just for that one family and those group of girls not to get exposed to that. That's my personal opinion. What we have seen now right now, it's blatantly obvious with the whole – entire perversion with this thing now that we have seen from the Balenciaga aspect. And I mean, more and more have been coming out of that. And a lot of people don't even realize that entire thing, that entire company is always been used. It's been, a, a, it's been an elite company. As far as when I say elite, I mean the upper banking cartel perversion cabalists that run it and the photos that surface and everybody's probably seen them now with the, the bondage bears and all the very strange things and dog leashes and weird stuff with young children laying down on couches, just, I'm not going to get into a lot of the detail because you guys probably already know. I'm not going to go into that on this show because you can do your own research and find out what they're symbolizing in these photos. And the fact that there has been such little, such little anger in the mainstream media, literally saying that, well, it's just art. It's just art. There's nothing bad about it. You guys are conspiracy theorists. It's just art. When literally – You have children in positions they shouldn't be in with bears and bondage gear and all types of other stuff. And they're saying this is just art. The entire photo shoot was designed to be a giant wag finger in the face of the American populace showing this is what we do. This is what we're doing. This is the perverted stuff we like to do. This is why we're coming after your kids. But then literally in the same news segment, they'll come in and say, oh, everybody's just being just conspiracy theorists. You guys are transphobic. We're not doing anything. We're not indoctrinating your kids. We're not teaching them perversion. We're not doing any of this. You guys are all crazy. It's literally the definition of gaslighting. I mean, there's why in the world do you have the Supreme Court ruling with Ashcroft and Free Speech Coalition literally visible in the photo shoot? which was all about reversing a significant portion of Child Porn Prevention Act of 1996. Why do you have that court document in the photos? This wasn't coincidental, guys. And the fact that you see so many of these Hollywood members are refusing to cut ties with Balenciaga, but yet Kanye West makes a dumb statement one day 
or brings a comment up about Jews, and suddenly there's a giant outcry how Adidas and everybody needs to drop him immediately, and nobody can do business with him because he makes a comment. It wasn't even a hate comment or his comment. There's a group of individuals that are running Hollywood, running the mainstream media. Okay. That's his right to say something freely, even if it says stupid stuff. doesn't matter. Maybe it's accurate. Maybe it's not accurate. doesn't matter. It's free speech. But you got photos like this with a multi-billion-dollar fashion company, and everybody goes, oh, it's just art. It's just art. No, guys, it's not just art. It's perversion. The reason why they're putting this in movies that's the kids. The reason why they're putting this in the school is the kids. They're trying to desensitize the young children, and it is crucial you protect them at any and all costs. And I bring this topic up a lot, but because it is such an important topic that I think is being constantly swept under the rug. The sex trafficking in the United States is like the number three black market commodity in the entire country, much less the entire world, if I'm not mistaken, between drugs, weapons, and children. That's the top three in the black market. And yet everybody wants to sit back and pretend like it's not going on when you just had a multi-billion dollar fashion company straight up show everybody this is what we're doing with the kids. We're letting you know right now. But yeah, hey, don't don't worry about it. Just go back to watch your Kim Kardashian and her butt and her life and whatever else is doing while she blatantly supports the company. And then a week later, she comes out and goes, well, we need to look and see what their reasoning behind doing this photo shoot was. And, I, you know, we, we, before we jump to conclusions, wait, wait a minute. Two days after Kanye West was ranting about who runs Hollywood, they said he needs to be completely dropped by Adidas. No cut, everybody's cut ties with him. Nobody can do business with him because he made a comment. Literally a comment about his opinion. Always remember who's running behind the scenes. Find out who you're not allowed to talk about, and you'll find out who's running the show. Find out what they are showing you right now, and don't think it's coincidental because, my friends, it's not. If it looks like a duck, if it quacks like a duck, if it <laughs> swims like a duck, it's probably a duck. Just throwing that out there, Dad. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, Kanye got eviscerated for saying stuff. I mean, we all have the freedom of rights, freedom of speech right in the United States. Now, other parts of the world, they don't have that. They can't come out and say things that are true or not true. They just can't say anything or else they get caught by the government, get hauled away, including quoting scripture. You know, in Canada, they'll tell you all for that. By the way, let's talk for a real quick second about this vaccine passport. You know, an international vaccine passport or digital identity or social credit score and the central bank digital currency uh, – Form a digital control system that will look that will lock down the population in perpetuity. Facial recognition is an essential part of the control structure, and it's the password to the digital identity. By the end of 2022, there will be one billion data collecting surveillance cameras in the world, you know, all connected to the internet and artificial intelligence, and cameras and audio recording devices and cell phones and automobiles and smart appliances also collect and share data. All this data will then be used to give each person an individual score based on their behavior, expression, interaction with the world. Ultimately, your social credit score will dictate what you can and cannot do, what you can and cannot buy, and where you can and cannot go. Artificial intelligence is an absolutely crucial component. Without the control system, it can't work. The easiest way to push the agenda system is to starve the AI data by refusing to use technologies that collect and share your personal data. That's why you need to turn off the cameras on your telephone and not give your information out, not give out digital thumbprints, not give out digital pictures, not give out any of that stuff, and not allow them to come in and do this for us, to us, you know? I mean, it's really important. By the way, I've got a couple of quotes I want to read from, from Aldous Huxley. He goes, whether in actual fact the policy of the boot on the face can go on indefinitely seems doubtful. My own belief is that the ruling oligarchy will find less arduous and wasteful ways of governing and satisfying its lust for power, and these ways will resemble those which I described in Brave New World. 
within the next generation, I believe the world rulers will discover that infant conditioning, exactly what Austin just said with his pictures and all the stuff they're doing, and narco-hypnosis, which is basically using drugs, are more efficient as instruments of government than clubs and prisons, and that the lust for power can be just as completely satisfied by suggesting people into loving their servitude as by flogging and kicking them into obedience. And repeat the last section of that. That the lust for power can be just as completely satisfied by suggesting people into their loving of their servitude as by flogging and kicking them into obedience. Aldous Huxley. He goes on to say, there will be in the next generation or so a pharmacological method of making people love their servitude and introducing and producing dictatorship without tears, so to speak, producing a kind of painless concentration camp for entire societies so that people will in fact have their liberties taken away from them but will rather enjoy it because they will be distracted from any desire to rebel by propaganda or brainwashing or brainwashing enhanced by pharmacological methods. And this seems to be the final revolution. Remember what Kadao Schwab said? You'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Remember that? Exactly what he's talking about. He's talking about changing your DNA, mRNA shots, changing how you feel using drugs and drug therapy so that you'll be able to be in servitude and be happy of where you are. This is insanity that Aldous Huxley actually came out in Brave New World and said all of this stuff so long ago. Guys, pay attention to what's happening. Austin's right. If it looks like a duck and it walks like a duck, it's a duck. All right. Don't pretend like it's not. And listen to these people. They'll tell you in advance what they're going to do. They always telegraph what they're doing because that's part of their lesser magic. They're required by their quote-unquote religion to tell you what they're going to do. You have the right to say, no, I will not comply. Or if you do comply, they feel as though they are no longer guilty of the blood that they've shed on you because you didn't say no. Always say no. Always stand your ground. Always stand with Jesus. Always stand with the Most High God. For to serve God and obey his commandments, it's the sole duty of man. I love you guys. I appreciate you. Austin, finish it up, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Absolutely. It was interesting. I just got a thought in my head a minute ago to look up you know, Lockheed Martin and Raytheon and stuff as far as who's the main owners of them because Dad brought that up. So I just want to confirm this so you guys know. Uh, the top three shareholders of Lockheed are State Street, Vanguard, BlackRock, in that order. State Street owning 18.18 billion dollars in shares. Ironically enough, Raytheon is the exact same layout. State Street, Vanguard, BlackRock in that order. So yeah, you wonder why these military-industrial complexes are so bent on making sure they have continual wars to get involved in because they're all owned by the same people. The same people that own Disney, or the same people that own Fox, or the same people that own Pfizer, or the same people that own Lockheed. They're all in it together with circular ownership. So when you start wondering why certain companies aren't allowed to do anything but other companies are, you find out real quick who is actually running the show with these guys. And so these – this is why I bring this up because you know during COVID, you found out real quick who actually was running the show because I, you know, I, I was always really – that was one thing that really bothered me when the first thing with COVID hit. And I thought to myself, why is it that Costco was absolutely unfettered? You know, they could do anything they wanted, any hours, any amount of people could go into Costco. But yet a mom and pop store across the street in Tampa that sold playing cards and Game Boys and Nintendos and stuff, they literally went in by law enforcement and arrested the owner. It was a big debacle in Tampa. And then charges got thrown out because they said it was unconstitutional. But the sheriff went and arrested them. 
he was selling stuff. His business was closed. He was still selling stuff out the door, though, for a lot of people that were buying games and boards and game boards and stuff like that. They said, no, you can't sell stuff. He goes, I sell stuff. You can't tell me I can't run a business. I have an operational business license. All my taxes are paid. You can't tell me I can't work. I can't do business. You can't. We're going to arrest you. And he goes, literally, Costco down the street is packed to the gills. The parking lot's packed. Well, Costco's essential. Well, if you look up top shareholders of Costco, oh, it's BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street. Vanguard owning $19 billion of shares of Costco. The numbers just keep going. Um, So, yeah, now you know why. It was funny because every single company I looked up that was doing enormous record sales, Amazon, Sam's Club, Costco, enormous record sales during COVID, they all were owned and had the same shareholders. All of us local businesses that they were telling you can't work or you have to try to figure out the dates you're allowed to work and you're not allowed to be out this time and that time. Oh, it's funny. Nobody owns us. We're private, independent companies that are small mom and pop owned. So thank you for continuing to support those companies and doing your best to stay away from supporting BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street. Because you pretty much know when you're buying stuff from these major mega corporations, you're supporting them directly with your dollar. Now, is it impossible to operate without supporting them at some point through business deals and contracts? Yeah, in some cases it is, and I get that. But if you have the opportunity, if you have the choice to support a small business or an online business that's mom and pop owned, always, my friends, go out of your way to do it the best you can. Thank you for the continued support of Health Masters. We really appreciate it. Thank you for the emails. When you guys send me emails, especially positive ones like that, it really, really helps me out because I know that I'm actually making a positive difference. Even if it's only one family, it makes me feel great to know we're doing something like that. And there's a lot more because I get a ton of emails, but I have a huge passion for kids and making sure they're safe and protected as long as you can possibly do so. Thank you for everything. Healthmasters.com if you need anything. Vitamin C on super sale right now this week. Be sure to check it out. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night, my friends. Stay strong. I'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. 